This is Packers Now. Kyle Rogers looking. Throws left side of the end zone. Yes! Touchdown! Place for all your Packers news. Lost it over the left side into the end zone. Intercepted! Adrian Get the latest updates on the green and gold. Snap to Aaron Rodgers. Sets, fires, right side. Got Jordan Kelly at the 30. Touchdown! It's always Packers season at Packers Now. Right here, right now. I'm Rose Bankerkowski, and earlier this week, former starting right tackle Dennis Kelly from the 2021 NFL season for the Packers signed a deal with the Indianapolis Colts. An incredible move, to say the least, by the Colts because last season, Dennis Kelly played at a very high level considering he was getting paid the veteran minimum last season. He had a 72.4 overall grade. So to put that into context, okay, Billy Turner, the guy whom most media, especially the Packers team, the coaches, staff loved him. They talked so highly of him the last few seasons. Last season, Billy Turner had a PFF grade of just 67.1, so over five points worse, yet was paid, being paid consistently, like much higher level than Dennis Kelly was, even though Dennis Kelly played at a much higher level last season. Over and over again this offseason, I pounded the table for the Packers to sign Dennis Kelly to a new contract because this is a veteran guy you can trust. He's coming off a season playing at a a high level for the amount of money you're paying him. And he's going to sign a contract to the veteran minimum. That's so cheap. That's basically the cheapest you can pay a veteran. That's what it is. Um, Yet he's a guy who can be an above average starter at offensive tackle for you, which is very hard to find. And that to me is a no brainer because the Packers are in a tough situation on their offensive line. Because the Packers are now officially without any of the three starting right tackles they had last season with Billy Turner in Denver, which was the right move for the Packers to get rid of him. And Dennis Kelly to the Colts, which was a huge mistake like we just talked about. And then Elton Jenkins is out for, I would guess, at least the first 10 weeks of the regular season in 2022 as he recovers from his ACL surgery. That leaves two offensive tackles, realistic offensive tackles on the roster from last season in David Bakhtiari at left tackle and the other player being left tackle Yash Nijman, who was a low-end starter playing average, that's it, at left tackle when called upon last season. Now, the Packers are high on Nijman, yet at the very same time, we have to be realistic about what Nijman is. He was a developmental project for years for the Packers, and there's a reason he never has come in to play right tackle because this guy literally is basically only trained at left tackle. Time and time again, the Packers have called on other players to come in and play right tackle snaps when they could have had Nijman come in and they did not choose him because I don't think he can play right tackle, honestly. And not to mention, even at his preferred position of left tackle, um, Nijman was just an average starter, not great. Not a guy you want to rely on a whole season for. That's a guy you are trying to constantly upgrade for. So realistically, you should not be relying or hoping Nijman's going to come in in 2022 and be ready to start at right tackle. To me, you should be expecting this guy 
uh, Yash Nijman to be your backup left tackle. And that's an amazing backup left tackle to have. That's a great move for the Packers, but he is not a guy you rely on. And to me, that leaves the Packers with three rookie draft picks to come in and compete to start at right tackle next season. Seventh round pick Rashid Walker is one of those guys. And while he was a top recruit, has the prototypical size, was a steal in the draft, getting him in the seventh round. He also played the worst of our three draft picks in college, most notably when he went up against his best competition in college. Uh, playing at Penn State in the Big Ten, he played when he played teams like Wisconsin, like Ohio State, like Michigan, like Indiana, and then also Auburn. Those were his worst games of the season last year. Walker, to me, seems like he's going to need the most time to develop. Um into something useful. And to me, he right now is training and competing to be the backup right tackle for the Packers. And even that could be a long shot for him. So that leaves two guys, Sean Ryan out of UCLA and Zach Tom out of Wake Forest to, to win that starting right tackle job while Elton Jenkins is recovering from injury. And both of these guys, what the Packers like to do, which we have learned so much of is Brian Goodkins loves athletic players. And these are two extremely athletic competitors players when it comes to their athleticism as offensive linemen. Ryan had 98th percentile vertical, 93rd percentile broad jump, and the only other 300 plus 320 plus pound offensive lineman to ever jump, have better jumps than that was Tristan Wirfs a few years back. And Tristan Wirfs came into the NFL and was immediately one of the best right tackles in the league. So Ryan has some athletic pedigree that gets you excited. The major difference between uh, Sean Ryan and Tristan Wirfs, though, is arm length, which concerns many uh, for Sean Ryan is he has pretty small arms, short arms, okay, to say the least. They're just over 32 inches long. And then obviously, the other major difference is play on the field. In college, Tristan Wirfs finished his junior year playing at an elite level, while Ryan was a good player for sure, but not playing anywhere near the level Wirfs was at. But if you look at how... John Ryan developed in college. It was actually quite similar to Worf's. Between years one and years two, Worf's and Ryan both had a 15-plus point jump in production, according to PFF. And then between years two and years three, both had a 10-plus point jump in production. Worf's had a 20-point jump, basically. But... Those are the kind of that's the kind of progression you want to see from offensive linemen that they are developing and getting better each year. And Ryan is doing that at it's still an insane rate, uh, which should have you excited about his continued develop into the NFL. The concern for Ryan, though, is definitely that arm length, which is making his projection at tackle in the NFL quite difficult. But one thing he does have going for him that almost no other prospect does is his hand size, which does make things easier as a blocker to get your hands on a guy as Ryan has some of the biggest mitts in NFL history. Ryan is an option at tackle. But I think because of his arm length, he is ideally suited to be a high-level guard in the NFL. And that's an amazing thing to get in the third round. That's still awesome to get. But I don't think Sean Ryan is our answer at right tackle because of that lack of arm length. And then there is Zach Tom out of Wake Forest, our fourth-round selection, who to me was the biggest steal the Packers had in the whole draft. Tom not only was a phenomenal pass blocker in college, finishing with a 92.1 pass blocking grade in 2021 at left tackle, but he's insanely athletic across the board. 93rd percentile vertical, 99th percentile broad, 96th percentile three cone, 94th percentile short shell, 93rd percentile 40-yard dash, 
Tom is a little lighter than Ryan, which gives him more speed agility, which I think is essential to his possible success at offensive tackle compared to Ryan, who I think is better suited at guard because of his arm length. The only problem with Tom though, is again, his arm length is less than ideal. It's better than Sean Ryan's, but Tom's arm length is just in the 37th percentile, which isn't crazy low, but still it's not as long as you would desire. And you have to have arm length to be a successful offensive tackle. There are few that have done it not having that typical arm size, okay? And so because of that, Zach Tom and Sean Ryan are probably both best suited to play on the interior offensive line. And it makes you question what the Packers are thinking right now and who's going to be their answer at right tackle. Ideally, one of these two guys will really turn out and be able to still be a starting right tackle, even though they don't have that arm length, which is usually necessary to do so. But even at Packers rookie camp, Zach Tom took most of his reps actually at center last weekend, while Sean Ryan took most of his snaps at guard. In reality, I truly think these two guys are coming in to compete for the center and right guard jobs over the last year's rookie picks in center Josh Myers and right guard Royce Newman. These were two draft picks I hated last year. You guys know how much I hated Josh Myers' pick, how I hated the Royce Newman pick. And ironically, even though both of these guys were starters all of last season, neither played very well for the Packers. Both Myers and Royce Newman weren't even top 32 players at their positions. And it sucks because I hated those picks so much. I knew there were bad picks. I knew there was so many. There's two other players I would much have rather had. And I think the Packers in the 2022 NFL draft, have upgraded at both of those spots by drafting two guys who were drafted even later than Myers and Newman were in the previous draft. Tom and Ryan have every chance in the world to come in and become the starters for the Packers at center and guard, while Myers and Newman could become the new backups on the interior offensive line for the Packers, even though they started last year. Because the way John Runyon Jr. finished last season, I think he's guaranteed to be the starting left guard going into the next season. And now that's set up with David Bakhtiari at left tackle, Yash Nijman backing him up at left tackle, JRJ at left guard, and Sean Ryan at right guard with Royce Newman backing up both of the guard spots. And then Josh Myers, um, or Zach Tom starting at center with Josh Myers as the backup center. That's awesome. Okay, Rasheed Walker is the backup right tackle. That's an awesome setup. I like that a lot. That is a great move to make, but it still leaves the Packers with a huge hole at right tackle, which I don't think the answer is on this roster. I don't. And by this time, it should be obvious that the Packers truly have made a huge mistake allowing Dennis Kelly to go and sign to the Indianapolis Colts because the Packers should have re-signed this guy. They should know where this team was at at the tackle position. Yes, Elkin Jenkins eventually will return and be the starter. Yes, he will. But we can't guarantee when that will happen, and we can't guarantee how good he will be when he comes back. Look at what happened last season to the Packers. David Bakhtiari, was, there was news coming out that he could be ready to start by week one, and David Bakhtiari missed pretty much all of last season because it took him so long to cover from that ACL surgery because of complications and the same exact thing could happen to Elton Jenkins and he could come back not playing like himself either even if he does come back from injury this is a serious issue for the Packers that could have easily been addressed for about one million dollars which is nothing to an NFL franchise and I think the worst part about this whole thing 
is I'm excited about the players the Packers drafted in Sean Ryan and Zach Tom, but I'm really disappointed in the players the Packers drafted last year at the same exact positions in Josh Myers and Royce Newman. And to me, last year, the Packers drafted for need. They felt they had a need at offensive line, and so they drafted three guys. And now this season, Cole Van Lannan's not even didn't even make the final 53-man roster last year, and then two of those guys might immediately become backups after being starters last year because the Packers were able to replace them that easily. That's embarrassing. That's bad drafting in 2021. And the 2021 NFL draft, draft definitely was one of the weaker draft classes in a few years, actually looking back, which does make it tough. But still, Josh Myers and Royce Newman were not the right decisions of guys to go after last year because we talked about this a ton, but the Packers could have drafted Creed Humphrey or Trey Smith last year instead of the two players I wanted them to draft, or those being the two players I wanted them to draft instead of the two guys they did. Okay? Um, and it just, it's, these moves are so important. Every single move is so important, and you're not going to get them all right. But when you have data to work with, when you have information, when I as just a random fan, uh, passionate Packers fan, okay, when I have this information that I can acquire, I know these guys can too. I know Brian Gutekinds, the front office, has these same types of information, and I shouldn't be able to make better judgment calls, okay? That's the issue I get mad about here. Um, and I see the Packers right now, they messed up the 2021 NFL draft, and then they come into the 2022 NFL draft and say, hey, we just found upgrades for our second and fourth round pick last year. Just that easy. Boom, okay? And that that's that sucks. That's bad process it's great that they did that this year that's amazing that they're upgrading center and right guard with sean ryan and zach tom but still because we spent four players addressing interior offensive line we didn't get to draft offensive tackle at all even this year the packers because of the bad move they made last year they we had an offensive tackle who i loved fall down draft boards in the 2022 NFL draft a couple weeks ago. And that guy was offensive tackle Bernard Ryman out of central Michigan who didn't get drafted all the way until pick 77, even though he was a phenomenal athlete, even though he played the position at an extremely high level, second best offensive tackle in the country last season. And yet, and yet at the very same time, he's still developing. He's only played offensive line for two seasons of his whole life. He played tight end before this. This guy is going to be an insanely good player. And if the Packers knew they truly had a need at offensive tackle and they knew neither Zach Tom or Sean Ryan would be able to help out in that area, they should have made a move to go and get Ryman. The Packers had the opportunity in this draft to totally remake their entire offensive line on the right side had they selected Bernard Ryman, which was an option for them. Yet, the Packers didn't take that chance and I wish they truly had. But even if they didn't, even if that move didn't make sense to the Packers front office, they have to have known where they expect these guys to play when they come in, into the NFL. And it seems like they want Zach Tom to compete to be the starting center and they want Sean Ryan to be the compete to be the starting guard. Yes, they want these guys to be versatile as well. But if they knew that was what they hoped these guys would become, they should have brought in and re-signed Dennis Kelly as soon as day two of the NFL draft ended. You That... Night, Friday or Saturday, what day was it? Friday night of day two draft happens. 
Third round's over, and you're looking at the board and you're saying, crap, we did not get an offensive tackle. And I don't know what we're going to do at offensive tackle if Elkin Jenkins does not return from injury quick enough, or he's not himself, or he, or the worst case scenario, he has a David Bakhtiari situation and misses all of next season. Okay. What are we going to do? Immediately during the draft, you call Dennis Kelly because there are reports coming out that, hey, the Colts are talking to him. Okay. The Colts are interested in him. Okay. And Dennis Kelly sees that. You just drafted Sean Ryan, who a guy is projected to be a guard, and the Colts just drafted Bernard Ryman, who expects to be a tackle. Where he's is he going to sign? Is he going to sign in an unknown place where he is not sure what they hope to do with him? Is he just going to be a backup there in Indianapolis? Or does he want to stay in Green Bay, a place that he had his best season in a long time at, um, and in an offense he understands, he knows, there's comfortability there, he won't have to move again. He would have... You could have signed him. It wasn't that hard. You call him right when that Friday night ends. You say, hey, you're coming back on the veteran minimum. We're excited to have you. Here's a fully guaranteed contract. Boom. But they didn't. And that's a that's a mistake because I don't know if you know this, but the Packers offense looks a lot different this year because we traded Devontae Adams away and we have one of the weakest most unproven wide receiver cores in the NFL this season. And because of that, the Packers are going to have to be creative in how they are efficient on offense. And that's, we're probably not going to have an amazing offense because of our wide receiving core. I don't think Christian Watson, Al Nazard, Sammy Watkins, Randall Cobb, Romeo Dubs, Samari uh, Torrey, or others are these secret wide receivers that are going to blow up and have an insane season. I really don't think that's going to happen. The Packers needed because they couldn't be dominant at receiver they needed to be dominant on the offensive line and I'm worried they're not going to be that because last season the Packers had the eighth best pass blocking offensive line in the NFL which is really good but they had just the 23rd best run blocking unit if the Packers are going to not just get to the playoffs which I think will not that's not going to be a challenge for them the Packers are going to get to the playoffs But if they hope to actually go to a Super Bowl and win that Super Bowl, I think the Packers missed that opportunity to do that in the offseason. Okay? They had the opportunity to make a dominant offensive line, and they missed out on that chance. And it was so easy to, to not miss out on it. Had the Packers simply actually done what I would have done in the NFL draft, drafted receivers Jameson Williams and wide receiver Sky Moore, the Packers would have a more dynamic receiver core with the two guys who are just truly capable, who have so much potential to be a wide receiver and wide, wide receiver one and wide receiver two for an NFL offense compared to guys like Christian Watson and Romeo Dubs. The Packers still would have been able to draft Zach Tom, but instead of Sean Ryan, they would have gotten Darren Kernard, who is a bigger, longer version of Ryan, but played at a higher level in college, just isn't as athletic. And they could have had their center and right guard replacements the same way they could have had it with Sean Ryan and Zach Tom, but it would have just been Zach Tom, Darren Kennard. And then they could have still re-signed offensive tackle Dennis Kelly. The Packers right now, not only would they truly have a top five offensive line going into the next season, but they would have had a dynamic receiving core that was much more capable of creating for themselves, which would leave the Packers in a much better spot offensively to be able to compete with the best to get to the Super Bowl and 
be able to beat the powerhouse AFC team that makes it, okay? There are so many good AFC teams, and the team that makes it, whether it's the Bengals, whether it's the Ravens, whether it's the, uh, now I'm blanking, the Chargers, the Broncos, the Chiefs, the Bills, okay, whatever, the Dolphins even, I don't know, whatever team makes it, they're, they are a really good team. It's going to be very hard to beat them, and the Packers, I don't, I, it would hurt so bad if they get to the Super Bowl and this offense just goes into turmoil and just isn't productive. And we put up something like 10, under 20 points on the board because our offense just isn't good enough. The Packers have the best one two punch at running back in the NFL. And I think it would have been, been really fun to see how effective and efficient our running game could have been behind a dominant run-blocking offensive line with a QB like Rodgers under center. I couldn't imagine, okay? There hasn't been a team that has had a insanely dominant offensive line uh, with an elite, elite, elite quarterback like Aaron Rodgers, okay? The Kansas City Chiefs were close to that last year, okay? They had that with Patrick Mahomes and their offensive line. And so... And the Chiefs' offense was still really good last season, better than the Packers, that's for sure. Um, and I would have, but they didn't have the running backs. Okay, running backs don't extremely matter, but it's it would have been insane to see a guy like AJ, a combination of AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones behind that offensive line. And I think the Packers had the opportunity to build one just as good, if not better. Okay, this was easily doable, and the Packers missed out on making that happen. Hopefully. The Packers can shore up that right tackle position by finding a veteran out there who possibly is a surprise cut after June 1st. But if not, the Packers offensive line may struggle with a huge glaring hole at right tackle until Elkin Jenkins returns healthy from his ACL surgery. And that's if he returns to the level he was at before his injury right away. And at this point, I am worried that this hole at right tackle, that this not strength of an offensive line is going to hold the back hold the Packers back from getting to a Super Bowl in 2022 so that's all we have today folks make sure to stay tuned for more episodes of Packers now if you haven't already make sure to subscribe give me a review so I can hear you guys think about the podcast and tell your friends about Packers now that they can get all the latest updates on the green and gold because it's always Packers season at Packers now thanks guys